This is the Inside the Phillies podcast, and we're mad. I'm Ben Silver. We have Kate <laughs> Kissner, Lauren Amore, and Alex Carr. With what in and, the fuck was the last two nights? And there's Cade's opening. Mm. Uh, no, seriously, I'm not tradition. even joking. Like, I am, I am beyond upset. Like, I wanted to just shut my TV off the last couple nights. And, like, I'm not going to lie, I kind of did. I mean, I turned it back on because that's my job, right? But what the hell? <laughs> I was going to say, what's the over-under for how many times Cade uh, curses in this podcast? Well, this one should I be mean, pretty it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair this time. <laughs> it's warranted. Yeah. Yeah. It, this These last two games sucked. Yeah, they just my, sucked. My, my over-under was how long it would take Cade to curse. And I, I was thinking about, like, 12.5 seconds. It's tradition now. But Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think you may have beat that. Yeah, but no, seriously, the Phillies, man, I mean, they're coming off some really great series, some really great play. We're all kind of joking about how, you know, the Phillies don't really perform very well against the Diamondbacks late in the season at Chase Field. Um, And then they go to Arizona and they don't perform. And Aaron Nola has like the worst start of his career against a team that's you know, under 500, they've got, uh, you know, the Diamondbacks pull a kick up. Carol, I say kick, Duke's insane from the minors. She just absolutely is crushing the Phillies. Yes, that kid's He's really almost good. as fast as me. Which is I could something. not believe how fast he – it looked like the video was sped up. Like, <laughs> I have seen – I've seen, like, really, you know, obviously looking at the, you know, top prospects in baseball, you see his name a couple times and you're like, yeah, okay, like, whatever, like, that – this happens to guys all the time. They come up, they struggle, etc. Like Spencer Torkelson this year, right? Holy crap. That kid looks like a major league ball player and then some. He is impressive as all hell. He's a dude. Yeah. I, I was really excited to see him struggle when Bryce Harper hit that liner in like the first inning of the first yeah, game. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was like, yes. What a tease. <laughs> oh, it finally happens to someone else. And uh, no, 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 it doesn't. Yeah, that, uh, that was... That was crazy to watch. I mean, I feel like his success is the culmination of this series for the Phillies. I mean, it just sucks. And Cade, I don't think you're exaggerating. That probably was Aaron Nola's worst start of his career. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think I can't remember a worse it, one. They yeah, said I it really matched wasn't. A, it matched a career high and earned runs, I believe. Yeah, and I wasn't really exaggerating. Like you said, like I've been, you know, watching the you know, Phillies for a while, but I've really kept my eye on Aaron Nola since he made his major league debut. And I just, I have not really seen a start that bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, usually, usually when he sucks like that, he at least goes like five or six innings. It just, I've never seen anything like that from me. He completely fell apart. All yeah. right. So Aaron Nola's potentially his second oh, worst start. Ben's got it. All right, so in 2016, June 21st, against the, in Minnesota against the Twins, the Phillies, by the way, lost this game 10 to 14, which if that isn't the 2016 what? Phillies. What game was this? I don't remember this at all, which is really saying something for talking about, like, the, the Phillies' mid-2010s rebuild. But Can you – wait, one more time. What was the date on that? June 21st, 2016. The Phillies lost 10 to 14. <laughs> Aaron Nola went three innings. He gave up eight runs, seven of them earned. He walked three, struck out two, and actually didn't give up a home run. What was that, like his, like, 10th start ever? 
Because he made his debut the July before that. Like 15. He, he started 13 games in 2015, and that would have been like, you know, his 10th of 2016. So 25 maybe, something like that. Good things are happening. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. That, that game had a score of – he had a game score of 14 that game. Let, let's oh. see what his game score oh, no. was. Oh, oh, we have a winner. His game score last night was 15. Nope. So according oh, to Bill James, 2016 Aaron Nola, everybody. Yeah, worse than that, man. 2022. Yeah, that sucks. Yours. I mean, especially with the narratives surround. I mean, as people that write about the sport, right? We all hate when these narratives take their toll, and especially when the narrative surrounding not only the the Diamondbacks and Chase Field, but the Phillies in September is just ah, uh, you know, collapse, collapse, collapse. It's so it's frustrating because to watch that not only as you know somebody who enjoys watching the team but somebody who unfortunately it, it's my job to write about them like it's so unfortunate to have to now turn to those narratives and be like ah oh, yeah they have credence because this happened like it sucks yeah you know? I, and it just to me it confuses me. Um, and I shouldn't be confused at this point, right? The late we, August, we have September. a trade. We have breaking news <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> wow! Oh wow! <laughs> it has not come it's, through for me yet. This is it's it's nothing oh, of importance, guys. but uh, no, this is no. the guy that he opted out uh, of his contract with the Royals, and now he's <clears throat> opting out of his contract with the Blue Jays. But now I guess the Phillies are trading for him. Uh, Vinny Natoli is his Vinny name. If you they got an Italian to pair with Andrew Bellotti. Wow. Great, Let's name. Go. Great name. Oh, my God. He, he, his, his baseball reference picture is as a Yankee, and my God, does he look like a Yankee. Yeah. He has one career major league inning. There you go. Ah, um, huh. well, I'll fix all the I'll fix all the issues. What are they? I don't understand. Why are they adding? Like, can uh, someone explain this to me? Why are they adding another reliever when they have Morales and Appel ready? at AAA, and they already have a pretty good bullpen. So Appel has struggled of late and is also um, – you, you you kind of have to give credence to the fact that, like, this is also not, you know, not his – this is his, like, one of his first times being stretched out as a reliever as well as, like, you know, mm-hmm. he hasn't really pitched full seasons prior to last year where he really struggled. So – I think they're trying to get some depth. And Morales is not ready, unfortunately. Yeah. He's just struggled a lot. Um, Miller is not ready. Um, he has really struggled at AAA. So it's. I think it's more that they just want fresh arms that they can just bounce back and forth. Um, I don't even think they care about having them on the postseason roster. They just want to. They just want to bounce them. But who knows? Um, I think they. They sure could use a guy with length, like Garrett Richards or something. But mm-hmm. who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Well, it's that time of the narrative that yes, the please. Phillies can't perform in late August or September on the West Coast. So, but you know, I think too, what is scary, not scary, let me rephrase that, disconcerting is that the Phillies are now going to go to San Francisco and play a Giants team that is below 500. But in my mind, is a much better ball club than the Arizona Diamondbacks, and I guess that is that is what is scary. 
And the Phillies are just sliding right now. They've got they've lost three in a row against two quite bad teams. And the potential for that slide is even more. Luckily, they have a, a substantial lead um, in the wild card. And some would argue that the, the last wild card spot would be more beneficial in the second, right? So that would be a silver lining that we could maybe take out of them losing some games. But this just does not look good for Philadelphia. And I, I will say as well, the Giants are basically the same team as Arizona right now, at least talent-wise. They, their run differential is negative four and the Diamondbacks is negative five. And like, yeah, some of that comes from beating up on the Phillies, but still they're both mediocre NL West teams and the Phillies have struggled against the Diamondbacks for years. Giants, I, I think they're a little bit better against, but like they need to come out swinging on, uh, what is it, Wednesday night? And uh, I, I, I can't even say I want them to jump out to an early lead because then they might just blow it again. Who the hell knows? <laughs> And I think one of the reasons why no, this year has started to feel different is when the Phillies have had a, you know, blowout loss that you just feel like you want to die watching it. <laughs> they always have bounced back the next day, but now they've lost three in a row. They got shut out by the Pirates on Sunday and they've been outscored, I think, 25 to 10 by the Diamondbacks. Um, and ever since that, I mean, when they went up seven nothing uh, in the fourth inning on Monday, I was like, "Okay, this it's different this time." No, um, and they just the, tricked you. They did. <laughs> I really thought this time no, would all be of different. Us. All <laughs> um, and I, I mean, I haven't, I haven't given up yet. I know uh, people have been giving in that you know this is this is the end and this is the beginning of the monumental collapse. I haven't completely bought into that yet. Oh, but... like that is. That is rich. <laughs> like, please. They are three games up on a playoff spot. They have two teams that they're above. They have the tiebreaker, I believe, over both of those teams. Come on. Seriously. It's also like, yeah. It's you get thing. it to an extent, though. I, I don't know. I, I, I understand why people would default to, like, that's the frustrating thing. The people that are saying, oh, this is it. It's the inevitable September class. Well, are the same people that were saying two weeks ago, this team is different. This team is crazy. Oh, yeah. my gosh, this team is. So, I... like, you got to, first of all, you got to pick a side. Second of all, like, they are, despite three losses in a row to bad teams, which, you know, of the millions of games that they've won against bad teams this year, you know, they're allowed three, I would think. Um, but, What's what's frustrating is that like they're still how many games about the Brewers like uh, three three, three, three or right. four something like that like <laughs> they're they're three with the uh, tiebreaker so it's three and a half we, essentially why are we even why are we even going there like why L- listen I the Brewers get, suck too sorry <laughs> there there are deep emotional wounds for this team's fans I get. It. And then you have the timing, right? Where were the Phillies last year at this time, right? Looking pretty decent to have a, po- you know, shot the postseason. And then they go to Arizona about this time last year and everything fell apart. And so I get it. It's, it's kind of, you know, running that, that, you know, that record back, right? So I get it. But I do firmly believe that this team is a much better team than last season. And like Alex said, you know, yeah, you get three, you know, give them three against bad teams. 
The issue is when those three come in a row at this time of year. So I get it. I get the potential overreaction, right? But I think this team is built differently. I think they're managed better to be able to bounce back from this. Um, and you said how the team is much better this year. And uh, Fransky in LA on Twitter uh, tweeted the other day the lineup uh, this year compared to one year ago oh today. My God, yeah. <laughs> oh. And I could not believe it. Did it have Jorge Bonifacio? It's got like Ronald Torres. It didn't. No Jorge Bonifacio. Wow. Freddie Galvis. Travis Jankowski was the starting center fielder. Oh. Uh, Freddie Galvis was starting at third base. Uh, Brad Miller at first base because Reese Hoskins was injured. Um, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was pretty much the. Hey, he was oh. pretty good. I, I don't want to hear painful. anyone talk shit Brad. about bamboo Brad. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. DD Gregorius was batting fifth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all, all Brad's having a, a career year over in Texas playing like all of nine games this season. Yeah, what, Wait, what is really? his OPS? Like 560? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I was I was joking. He's oh, he's really not taking the field at all this season. That's so sad. Um, really he's like the beast. Great dude to have in the clubhouse, though. But the difference. I wanted to go back to the San Francisco thing because the there's a huge difference for me between the Diamondbacks and the, and the Giants, and I think it's that the Diamondbacks are a team of really young and very talented guys. I mean, Dalton Varsho is like among one of the most versatile and exciting players in baseball these days, I think. Um, obviously, Corbin Carroll is some kind of something. Uh, and Al Thomas is really good. Um, you know, I really like, um, oh, Josh, Josh, what's Rojas. his name? Yeah, Josh Rojas is also really, you know, dynamic. But they're, they're scrappy, right? And I think that's something that Ruben Amaro – uh, has emphasized very much over these first two games. And while I will never agree with a single thing that man says, um, you know, that's one thing that I can give him credence on is, is they are scrappy. They were fighting in that seven, seven, nothing uh, deficit. And the giants are not that the giants are Brandon belt, Brandon Crawford, um, a couple of guys with swing plane advantages. And, and, and that's about it. Um, who sold some of their better platoon pieces at the deadline. So uh you know, I I hope that they can take a win today and go on to San Francisco and reverse the curse. But uh, yeah, it's definitely not encouraging. I people have every right to be mad. It's, I would. It's frustrating. I would still put money on the Phillies to come out of this uh, this road trip five hundred. I I think they'll win. You know, two of three against the Giants, and I I don't know, I'd like to think that they will win tonight. I mean, they're going up against a pretty good pitcher. I'm blanking on his name right now. It's a uh, it's is it Peyton something Henry? Is that his name? It's like it's not it's like Tommy. It's Tommy, Tommy Henry. Henry. Yeah. See, I, I want to go like his second start he made, or something. He made his debut yeah. in the his beginning fifth, of the month. But he's only yeah. he's only pitched twenty seven point two innings. Yeah, but he, he's which pretty good. is bad news for us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, of course. If we're gonna talk about narratives here, um, but the good news is the Phillies seem to do well in Bailey Falter starts. Yeah, he's gone that six innings true. for the first time in his career three starts ago and then has gone six innings in his last two starts as well. So he may be turning a corner. What's actually really interesting is that – so Bailey Falter is like a quadruple-A superstar. Um, and that's not to say he can't make the major league jump, but like he has walked like I think a combined like 11 batters in his last two years in triple-A. He struck out like an absurd amount. Um, he's, he goes crazy in AAA 
and he faced the the Pirates and the Nationals and pitched really well. The Diamondbacks, while they are much better, a lot of these guys were in AAA to start the year. So I do wonder if maybe that gives Bailey Falter some mojo. I don't know. It's probably going to suck, but uh, who knows? I just saw something that's funny, too, because we saw last week when Zach Wheeler went on to the I.L., and we were kind of like, oh, this is a, a phantom IL stint to kind of limit his innings as the team's making this push to play in October. And it's okay because it's been scheduled, right, air quotes. So he misses just the Pirates and just the Diamondbacks. Man, wouldn't it have been nice to have they Zach Wheeler pitching that final game against the Pirates and have him pitching the final game against the Diamondbacks, and maybe this entire narrative that we're talking about wouldn't have actually been a well, thing. I, I don't think he would have pitched the final game against the Pirates, but yeah, about the That's Diamondbacks. Right. It, it was uh, yeah. a guard. But still, it's like you, yeah. you, want, you yeah. want one of those guys. That's a good like, point, though, kid. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been if, – if they had been able to find a way to just, you know, take him off for a start, you know, let him rest nine days instead of four, and, you know, just four – forego a roster spot i don't know i don't think that's necessarily a smart decision but if you can figure out some way to do that i think that would have been a better move because he seems ready to pitch and you know according to what thompson and Dabrowski said i i believe that he totally could have pitched i don't know yeah. it, it seems very phillies that they're going to shoot themselves in the foot and potentially ruin their season yeah i would argue probably playing short might be more of a shot in the foot but at the same time like I think both of you are totally right. Like it would really be nice to have Zach Wheeler pitching this last game so that they can at least, you know, have a chance at salvaging and not to say that they don't have a chance to salvage tonight, but um, it just seems it, it seems as though the mojo is going to be back heading into the giant series. And I, I think that's probably the last thing you want on top of that. And we haven't even discussed this yet. The Ranger Suarez struggles um, yeah. are, are also, you know, a thing. And, and what will be interesting is to see, you know, do they bring, you know, Zach Wheeler back at 15 days uh, because Ranger Suarez is now struggling. Maybe Ranger then goes on the IL. Um, but it, it is something that uh, I, I totally forgot they were going to have to manage this season um, just because of how well they were playing, but they are going to have to manage Rangers innings. because This is, he's nearing the most he's ever thrown period across any level. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the other, oh, go oh, go ahead then. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Um, so if, if anyone is, was like, if, you, if you're one of the seven people that was following my Twitter for those first three innings of uh, that Diamondbacks game, like, I, I, I don't know, I, I'm not, I really like Ranger Suarez. I like him a lot. Um, and his sinker was just absolute filth. And it's something that the broadcast really struggles to catch because you don't get a lot of movement on uh, pitches from lefties. But, oh, my God, his ability to spot that pitch on either side of the zone is, is unbelievable. It's like something out of a video game. And all of a sudden in that fourth inning, that went away. And yep. that that is really worrying. If he'd started the game with, you know, some shoddy command and it had just gotten worse, fine. He's having a bad start. But something happened in the fourth inning, and I, I don't think it was just, oh, he got tired at 60 pitches. And if it is, oh, he got tired at 60 pitches, that is a problem. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is that Ranger has been pretty good all year, and he had two really good starts in the middle of August. 
like the 12th and the 17th. I, mean, I think he, he went like 14 innings and, and between both of them, I think he only gave up like one earned run or something like, or no, three earned runs. Three earned runs in uh, <laughs> July and I think zero in August. He had a pretty absurd stretch across July and August. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was and, really good. and, but as we've said, Suarez is at a career high innings. And I, I think that as Alice kind of touched on, maybe an IL stint to maybe get him some rest because he is a guy that the Phillies are going to have to lean on and he's going to have to perform, especially in October when the, when the stakes are high and, you know, every situation is a high leverage situation and to have him just go three innings and fall apart or hit 60 pitches because he's tired or whatever. Like this is the time of the year where you might have to start considering, you know, kind of doing what they're doing with Zach Wheeler right now, monitoring, monitoring, you know, pitch counts and monitoring, monitoring, Innings pitched. Yeah, and I think a lot of people have forgotten to he, – he had visa issues at the start of the year, which mm-hmm. got him into spring training late. The only reason his numbers are as inflated – I'm using air quotes in the in the call here – like, you know, are as inflated as they are is that, you know, he, he really struggled to ramp up at the start of the season, just like Zach Wheeler did. Both of them have seen significantly inflated seasons. I mean, I think Ranger Suarez would be at a sub three ERA right now, were it not for his struggles to start the year. Same with Zach Wheeler, obviously, um, who is sub three ERA, but he'd be even further. Not anymore. Um, oh, not anymore. No, he's at like three oh seven, three oh six. A crime, a yeah. true <laughs> crime. But either way, I mean, those guys both got off to very slow starts in spring training and and hardly got any spring training action. So uh, I think. Honestly, it's it's a tough break for the Phillies, but I would rather they be careful and prepare for a postseason run than finish the regular season with a better record, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I it just it worries me because once you set your sights on the postseason and making a run and stop worrying about the regular season, that's when things fall apart. And I think the goal right now should just be to make the postseason rather than to make a run. Worry about that once you're there. Worry about that once you've clinched. And hopefully the Phillies will clinch, you know, several days before the season ends. And they can go into that series in Houston and just, you know, rest their starters and have Christopher Sanchez pitch and have, God know, Derek Hall play first base. All right, guys. Well, let's wrap this up like we hope that the Phillies are going to wrap up this absolutely terrible shit stretch they've been having <laughs> with, as uh, Tom McCarthy would say, who's our Philly of the week. Thank you, Tom McCarthy. You actually sounded just like him. That's crazy. Wow. You actually kind of sounded like Ruben Amaro there. Hey, I'm listen, good old, <laughs> you want to get fired? I'll fire you on this Those podcast. are fighting words. Look. Live well, I, fire. Please. I have a family. Uh, my Philly of the week. I actually, this is going to take a lot of thought. Um, there haven't been many very good ones. My Philly of the week is Bryce Harper. Oh, come Bryce on. Everyone Harper, was going to say that. Because Bryce Harper, the Philly's top prospect, came up and immediately made an impact. No, I mean, like, <laughs> this dude is coming back from a, these are injuries that linger, right? Thumb, wrist, they always linger. He hasn't lost a step. Guy's doing fine. He's great. Very happy to have him back. Who's next? Uh, I don't want to go next. I'm going to take some thought. Well, we're saying 
we're saying a week, right? So a week would have been last Wednesday when everything yeah. was still okay. Sure, um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> when everything was still okay, yes. So yes. I'm going to go with Kyle Gibson. <laughs> okay, yeah. all right, I like that. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Gibson threw seven scoreless innings against the Pirates on Saturday when the Phillies won six nothing. When everything was okay. Yeah, when everything still felt good and it wasn't all doom and gloom yet. So I'm going to go with Gibby. Gibby. All right, right. so I think – hold on one second. I think I'm going to go with Matt Vierling, who's finally sort of begun to play this stride. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, that's so I, true. I, I was thinking JT Real Muto, who I, I just had his slash line up in his last seven games, is slashing 346, 400, 654. But I don't really remember any of those hits for some reason. <laughs> 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 like, it just feels like they're, I don't know. They don't stand out. Veerling, at least, you know, when, when he hits the ball, I'm like, oh my God, Matt Veerling got a hit. And they're very memorable. And he is, if I can pull up his line again, I mean, he had a home run last week for the first time in like months since he had that one. It was like hater. 420 feet or something. Yeah, he crushed that. Impressive. Oh, that wasn't this week. But Blazing. either way, um, 444, 524, 556. And that, that's only, you know, like I think five, four or five starts. But still, you know, props props to my guy, Matt Vierling, who looks to finally be breaking out of a long time slump. Let's see here. Uh, can't pick anyone from the bullpen. I'm going around the diamond. No, 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 no. Bryce Harper already been done. Kyle Gibson. Let's go through the rest of the rotation. No, 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 no. I'm going with the Philly fanatic here. Um, <laughs> you had that in mind, Cave. God damn it. He has been. You, you knew from the moment. Oh, God. He has been keeping the crowd in the game. He has been trying to keep the fans engaged. Um, I, I mean, really he's like he's got. He's, been, he's got a hard I, job. Well, wait, it, it is a hard job. I really like what he's been bringing to this fan base, uh, especially over this top stretch. So um, I'm giving it up to the Philly Fanatics. Yeah, his his command tool has been on the rise with the with the hot dog gun. Um, that's been really good. Uh, his power when he he knocked out an umpire the other day. Uh, yep. that's definitely taking a step forward. So he's starting to look like Shohei Otani a little bit. More. Yeah, his yeah. numbers have definitely been improving in this past week. He's really put on a show, and I I, I really like that. He's he's definitely a, a big league type guy. Yeah, you want to talk fanatic. about sweat, grit? Cool. Oh God, don't talk about oh, sweat when in yeah. regards to fanatic. That yeah. suit has got to be so hot. Blood involved too. We can't oh say God. that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway i don't know if we're gonna keep that in we might redact that but it's a lot li- it's live show you know uh, <laughs> I, anyways, guys, well, I guess um, with that yeah <clears throat> thank you for listening to the inside the phillies podcast uh for Cade, lauren and alex i'm ben and we will hopefully catch you next week we can cancel <laughs>